0: Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience powered by Gasoline Alley, Harley Davidson. Today's guest is business owner, motorcycle enthusiast and coach, and one of the kindest people I know, Mel Dalton. Welcome, mate. Hey, cheers, mate. Thanks for the uh, wrap-up there. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think um, uh, knowing you for 12, 18 months now, and um, seeing the people that you help out along the way and things like that. I you are truly one of the kindest people I know. Yeah, man. cheers
1: man, appreciate it. Uh,
0: who, who are you as such, what do you do?
1: Yeah, what do I do? My name's Mal Dalton, I prefer Malcolm. That's a bit of a joke I have with a few friends. Um, or Hollywood too, I've found out last yeah, night. Yeah, Hollywood through some mountain bike days. Um, Cause I actually used to do a bit of male modeling so I, we try and keep that one on the low. Did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah, did some country road stuff and some TV ads and back in, the, in my youthful days, when I was a bit better looking. Um, and then I did some magazine stories and, uh, we just sort of come up with the, the handle Hollywood Mal and that sort of stuck. The guys at the track used to say I was so Hollywood, so we just ran with it. But, um, yeah, married, couple of daughters, daughters have grown up, uh, love my motocross, uh, been a motocrosser my whole life, uh, surfer, mountain biker, work is something I do to, you know, go and do the fun things that I love doing, mate. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell, basically. Just an outdoorsman, just a just a someone that loves having fun. Just yeah. yeah wake up and uh, let, let's go do something today. What got you originally into into the actual bikes, mate? Because uh, I was thinking about this last night. So how the, how all this come about is we? I grew up in a town called Talbingo, uh, that? Snowy Mountains. It was a my dad worked on the Snowy Mountains scheme, and I was eight years old. The Taubingo had a town hall and Easy Rider was on at the town hall. So R-rated movie full of drugs and sex and everything but me and my mates, we used to go down and watch the movies yep. and mum and dad didn't care. They knew where we were. So eight years old, went to see this movie called Easy Rider. It just had a really cool poster. Um, the scene when they roll the choppers out and there was chrome glistening off the Harleys, that <laughs> I was sold. I, w- I was in and... Uh, you know, we watched that movie. We didn't care about any of the, you know, you watch the movie now as an adult and you go, man, it's all about drugs. But <laughs> back then we were just fascinated with the motorcycles and these guys riding through the desert on these Harleys. Yeah. And uh, to the point that my neighbor at the time, uh, he was eight years old as well, we made a pact. and We said, when we're 30... I'll meet you at the desert in America, and we're going riding. <laughs> <That's>, wow, <laughs> uh, never happened. But I, I always wonder whether he was there. Yeah, he he's up. still there. Right? yeah. Um, so that 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 sort of started the fascination with motorcycles. And mate, we turned our, you know, our push bikes into choppers. That whole chopper thing. We yeah. went and bought you know, high rise of bars and put in our bikes and a, and a you know, banana seat and a sissy bar. And yeah. we, we were a gang, we started this yeah. bikey gang thing. Um, that's, that was basically it. And we just rode our bikes and just love bikes. And that just yeah. had me, you know, fascinated in motorcycles. I have another story about um, we're visiting my grandmother in a town called Cowra, New yep. South Wales. And again, I was about eight, nine years old and I could hear this roaring noise up the road and I went up and the guy was out in the front yard working on a speedway bike mm. and he had it up on the side stand, he was revving it and the wheel was spinning. And I was just hanging on the fence as an eight-year-old kid and this guy looked yeah. up and winked at me. And every time I see a young kid now when I have a bike in my ute or QMP or anything, I just take myself back to that moment and go, it, it's moments like that that define my whole life. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's sort of in a nutshell my motorcycle, you know, how, how I got into into bikes yeah
0: mate that yeah that's pretty impressive eh? from that point you you got straight into it and I guess that's why uh and we'll touch further on it as we go go on but that's probably why you got into coaching now yeah look from
1: it's funny you know I I, so got into this thing with the push bikes then I turned into a skateboarder you know when I got to early teens I was a 70s teenage kids so I was a skateboarder the typical you know um, we're following the California movement on skateboarding we'd, we'd see a magazine and that's what we wanted to do so bikes become secondary I had nothing to do with motorcycles until I was a teenager and started mowing lawns yeah and I went and bought a dirt bike what'd you buy I bought a HT 1 Yamaha for $55, 55 bucks? Yeah, HT 190 Yamaha absolute bucket of shit was it but my older brother was an apprentice and he bought an XL175 Honda and that thing was just, you know, my dream was set. That, that's yeah. what I wanted. I wanted to, you know, I started trail bike riding up the back. of At that time we were living in Cooma. We could drive out our driveway up the bush and we were just motorcycle rats. Yeah. We were just dirt bike rats, mate. So, you know, two or three of my mates all had dirt bikes. After school yeah. we'd just go ride dirt bikes. From there I just sort of progressed on to... You know, my older brother started racing. His friends started desert racing. Right. Uh, my fascination with Husqvarna started around then. Um, yeah, and then you know, 17, I'm racing motocross and just loving loving the sport because I'm now an apprentice and I've got money and yeah. I, you know, I was making 100 bucks a week and I, I bought a brand new KX250 in 19. Must have been like 1982. And you know, started traveling to Sydney and racing motocross, and
0: that's fascinating. And it was funny. I only
1: raced motocross for like two years, and then I go, I'm a coach, you know. So I just started coaching. I just started coaching. So then, yeah, we had all the kids in the town, and I was the only motocross rider in town. Or everyone else was enduro riders. So
0: this is still Cooma. This is still Cooma. Yeah.
1: yeah. So in Cooma, I was racing, uh, going away racing motocross, holding my own little um, uh, schools out at the local track. Yep. which was another story that the local community got land given give to them for an enduro track and uh, I was there there was myself and my nephew that was quite young um, we're the only motocrossers but they said let's build a motocross track so they literally sent out a big D9 dozer I was 20, 21 they said Mal there's a guy out there to meet you go build a track. So I built the track that still stands in Cooma today. Wow. And uh, yes, yeah, so that was pretty cool. So anyway, we used to go out there and hold motocross schools and get, you know, 10 kids together. And it's funny, I raced VMX on the weekend out at uh, QMP and there was a guy, a, I still call him a kid. Um, <laughs> he, he, he was at my motocross school in 1981, 1982. Oh and it's, it's pretty rad. So I still, you know, it was... Yeah, it was just such a cool time in motorcycles you didn't need licenses to, to be a coach you could just yeah. you know let everyone know hey i'm quit running a school this weekend and you charge 40 bucks and 20 yeah. kids would turn up and you just teach them all stuff and yeah you know, and it literally got motocross started in kuma yeah. and um yeah
0: it was just a truckload of fun so your initiation into it from first getting that bike to becoming like a coach was quite quick <laughs> Yeah, really? it was, I think
1: it was just being a know-it-all, mate. Like, just, be, <laughs> just being a 20-year-old punk, you know, and just yeah. going, yeah, I can ride better than those guys, I should teach. And then people would ask, say, oh, can you teach us? And, yeah. you know, motocross was just like a, it was just a beginning sport in that town. There was the older guys that were off doing desert racing and enduros. Yeah. But, you know, I was just fascinated with, with motocross. So, yeah, it was, it was cool. And, you know, I, I, I was an apprentice electrician yeah. at the time. And I'd work and we'd finish Friday and I'd pack the car and we'd drive to, you know, Dargle or Amaroo yep. Park and we'd race all weekend and drive home Sunday night and go back to work 7 o'clock Monday. And that was life for 12 years, 11 years. Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so you ra- you raced all all through to 30?
1: Yeah. I Pretty We had our first child when I was 30, my yep. daughter Laura. And... Uh, I went to a Mr. Motocross at Appen and Mr. Motocross in those days, the top 20 guys were seated and there was about 100 guys that would try and qualify through to the last 10 spots on the starting really? line. And I got a cracker of a start, got up the top of the first corner, seized my bike and I just went, ah, oh, fuck it, that'll do. And I <laughs> rolled, rolled back down the hill. Uh, we had our daughter, Laura was there, in a stroller. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I said, I'm done. And I went around saw everyone, and yeah, guys like Hefo were racing at that time, and yeah. uh, Glenn Bell, and yeah, I went around. Yeah, guys, I'm I'm packing it up, and they go, Oh, you going home? I go, No, nah, no, nah, I think I've done racing. I just, it's time to be a family man, so I just, <laughs> so I just walked away from bikes. So I sold my bike the next week and I just went cold turkey. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so, so I, was, I was 30. 30, just went cold turkey, and I went windsurfing instead.
0: So. <laughs> Still kept active, because to look yeah. at you now, like you're um. You've gotten back in all chips in, you
1: know? Yeah, yeah it's kind of funny. So I uh, had nothing to do with dirt bikes for for 10 years. Yep. Uh, got to 40, and made of mine, a, a top level a pro mountain bike racer. Yep. I uh, was staying at my place, we're, we're on the Gold Coast now. We moved to the Gold Coast and um, he was staying at home and he goes, I think I'm buying a dirt bike. And I go, yeah, I might get one too. So I went and bought a piece of shit. Why is that 252 stroke yep. um, for like a couple of grand? Mm. And I thought, this is fun, this is fun. But then I, I didn't just want to ride in the bush. So I wanted to go to a motocross track. Yeah. So I'm 40 years old now and I felt like an old man. I just felt, man, you know, I put, put a helmet on and my face would push in.
0: Yeah.
1: And I go, man, I'm just like, this is gonna be embarrassing. This is gonna be embarrassing. I used to remember when I was 20 and these old dudes come out riding and I was embarrassed for them. So I <laughs> joined the Reedy Creek club. Yep. And I went, these guys aren't going that fast. So someone goes, oh dude, you know, you, you should race. I haven't raced for a long time so I went and raced at Reedy Creek on a Saturday night and, and yeah. I, I've heard you reference Reedy Creek before yep. and man what an era and top what it was yeah so that just I, I'm I'm all in again I, I went out bought a YZ 426 and yep. I'm back racing <laughs> and, uh, wow you know I'm, I'm 40 years old and that year I uh, was a 40 I raced for a couple of years I got back to pro level I got um, a pro rank, ranking again in Queensland um, I'd go and do whatever races I could. I'd race yeah. pro class. I'd get my ass kicked, but, you know, I'd, I'd expect yeah. that. I'd be mid-pack. Yeah. I'd race vet class. I'd win everything in vet class.
0: Yeah,
1: um, Yeah, and we did that for did that for another five years. So me and my wife just packing yeah. the car and going bike racing and having a Back ball. Back to it. Yeah. And then uh, 45, I uh, did that for five years and I just went, yeah, I'm done. I, I, I it's
0: Cold turkey again. Cold, cold
1: <laughs> turkey, raced a whole year. Um, did all the sunny states, all the Thundercross, the Thumpernats. Um, tri- mate, that's a huge year. Yeah, I did I did over a hundred starts, so a hundred motocross starts. Yep. I was racing pro class and vet class at nearly everything that I went to. Yeah. Uh, won a heap of vet stuff in Queensland. Um and at 05 I, I my last race, so my last race in 2005 was a tri-club championship at Tivoli. Yep. So I'm leading the pro championship over the over the three clubs and I'm leading the vet championship. Yeah, There was one guy that, in vet class that could never beat me all year long. And um, I won't say I threw the race, but he beat me in the last race. And the elation that I saw in his face yeah. when he was double fist pumping over the finish line, Achieving. I was up his back wheel. Yeah, I was so pumped and I just went, yeah. Let's park it. So I went and put my bike in the van and drove home and I thought I'll sit it in the garage for two weeks, yeah. see how I feel. After two weeks, I just went, yeah, man, I'm done. I had a really nice black Mercedes Benz Vito and sold that, sold the bike, sold the jet wash and um, yeah. went and bought a surfboard and, went, and just went surfing. I just went, right, I'm going to learn how to surf. And-
0: so you didn't surf to your 40s.
1: I, I had a surfboard earlier but never really got into it. Yeah, and right. then I, I, in my 40s, I just went, man, this is cool. I just I surfed every day. I literally went down to the beach yep. every day and just was like a total kook. Yep. Still am. But, <laughs> but just love it. Love it. So, yeah.
0: Because like... Uh, a snowy mountains kid and then Cooma, like base of snowies. Yeah. It's not really a surf town, is it?
1: Yeah. Fu- funny enough though, Cooma's only 100 k's from the coast.
0: What's it? Brown, Brown Mountain? Yeah, down Brown didn't? Mountain. Yeah. yeah. So
1: my dad was into his fishing. Ah, right. So yep. when we grew up, we we grew up in Tarthra and, yep. and Bermagui as kids. So yep. dad would pack the car and we'd shoot down the coast. So we were always in the water down mm. there. And uh, my mum and dad ended up retiring in, in Bermagui. So that's really? like my, that's my go-to place.
0: Like a family and in Bermagui. No shit. Mm. All
1: right, there's a whole other story mm. to open up right there. So mm. beautiful spot that it, it, it's. Made, what I love about Bermagui, if if um, most people know know of the town, is my mum. My mum's my mum turns eighty next year. She'll go downtown and you know school holidays, and she'll go. I couldn't get a car park in front of the butcher shop. And you just know, man, we've been, on the, we've been on the Goldie for 25 years, and it's like, yeah, the times are tough, home, huh, and you can't park in front of the for butcher, the butcher shop. show. Yeah. Uh, another time I was surfing out it's at cool. Camel Rock, and there was like four guys out, and it was yep. Easter weekend. It was still board shorts. Uh, I think I had a one mil hot shirt on, and the water was still like 20 degrees. It was good. Yep. It was, there was four guys out there surfing, and I heard two, two, two guys talking to each other, and they go, dude, fucking welcome to the school holidays, eh? Four people. It was four people. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, it was. It, it's it's a great place. I
0: love it. I Would like you like it. to get in the water there nowadays?
1: Yeah, who knows? It's safety in numbers. Mm. You know, every every time there's one other person, it's it's I got, it's fifty yep. percent. And you know, <laughs> I, I I look at that. I I don't like surfing the south coast solo. Yeah,
0: yeah. fickle.
1: Yeah, I, I, I like to see a couple of guys out and yeah. the good thing down there, mate, there's no aggro and you can yeah. go out with three or four guys and local dudes and they all say g'day and,
0: yeah, yeah it's fun. It's not uh, that uh, real small town mentality, no, tribalism, I yeah. guess you say. i uh, got a good little story
1: about surfing in Bermagui. I was out yeah. surfing once at Cuttergy, south of yeah. Bermagui and there was a young Aboriginal dude out surfing. Right. And I, go, I go, hey, man, man how are you going? He goes, yeah, good. Uh, he goes, oh, where are you from? And I go, oh, from Queensland. I said, my mum lives down here. My, you know, my parents live here in Burmee. He goes, oh, that's cool. I go, where are you from? He goes, hey, man, I'm from here. <laughs> <And> I, go, <laughs> I go, oh, yeah, that's cool. He goes, oh, I live in Wollongong, but he goes, see that old man fishing on the beach? That's my granddad. And he goes, his granddad was here and his granddad was here. And I go, hey, thanks for letting me surf at your beach, mate. So, How cool is that? Yeah, and I thought that was really cool. What a know? moment. Yeah, that that was really special. It was just It was just me and this... Hundred percent local, yeah, dude. Out a true surf, local surfing. person, yeah, yeah, yeah. A true local. You know, yeah. so yeah.
0: yeah, you get that in Northern New South Wales, obviously where I grew up a bit. Oh, I'm a local. That's like two years, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, it's um, yeah, transient cultures everywhere now, isn't yeah. It? So, yeah, what's your um, where where'd your affection with Hasvanas come from? All right, so mid-teens
1: in Cooma. Uh, All the tradies in town had cash. So all the tradies (laughs) were the guys that had cash. They had Land Rovers. Uh, I haven't spoken to to your mate Andrew about that, but they had Land Rovers with V8 Holden motors and they had Husqvarna's. Yeah, right. And they all had the late 70 model Husqvarna's. So the black and gold Husqvarna CR390s. So, you know, I'm riding around on, what I can afford. And these guys have got the Rolls-Royce of motorcycles, yep. you know, gold rims and and that that was it, just the imagery of of Husk yep. And then also, you know, nineteen seventies, you know, on any Sunday, yep. come out and the whole Malcolm Smith vibe and Husqvarna mm-hmm. again. And so just just the logo, the image, to me that is off-road racing. Yeah. And these guys in town, uh, actually I will mention one of the fellas' names. His name is Bede Nichols. Anyone from Kerma knows Bede. Bede was like the forefront of off road riding and racing and Kuma, and he was a John Wayne character, six foot five, big wow. bushy mustache. And, you know, he was, he was the husky guy. Yeah. And uh, he unfortunately died in a mountain bike accident a few years ago in his early 70s. He went over the bars and, and had a spinal injury and died on the track. And, you know, it's, it's dying what you love and yeah. died, died doing what he loved. But the fact is, my thing with Husqvarna, I, I, I attribute to him, to this yeah. one guy. Is, is, uh, yeah, so this Husqvarna that I built recently, this Husqvarna 500, um, yeah, was sort of a bit of a tribute to, to, to him. this fellow as well, yeah.
0: Tell me about the 500. What All is right, it? Man, So,
1: 1983, I raced a Husqvarna CR250. So, a yeah. white, it was the first of the white Husqvarna's. My mate, Bede, organised the bike for me through Husky Imports. So, he got this bike and it was just... Visually, it was amazing. Yeah. On the racetrack, nowhere near what everyone else is up to. Everyone else is already water-cooled, you know, disc brakes front yeah. and back, twin, single shock. I'm still racing a twin shock drum brake, air-cooled, 252 stroke. Anyway, we, you know, did race that thing for six months or nine months or whatever. Uh, this year, I did a solar install. I'm a solar electrician. That's my business. I did a job for a guy up the Sunshine Coast, that's a Husky nut. And he had this shed full of these Huskies. And I was just like, man, this takes me back. <laughs> I like, look, check these things out. And yep. he goes, oh, look, we're gonna go out for a ride day on, on them soon, give me your number and I'll invite you out. So about a month goes by and he rings, he goes, Mal, I'm going out with, uh, with, with, with J- Jimmy Deacon, James Deacon's coming out and he's riding the four stroke and I'm taking the other 500 out. If you wanna come out for a ride, we're going on this private track come out and I've got a brand new Husky 450 at that stage, um, motocrosser. And, you know, next minute I'm, I'm geared up and I'm riding a 1983, I think it's called a TC, uh, 510 Husqvarna, four-stroke, twin shock, drum brakes and i just went this is the shit this is so much fun But you loved it i loved it i go back on my new 450 first i nearly went over the bars on the new 450 because the brakes were just so aggressive (laughs) the power on the new 450 was aggressive i just love the mellow big pussycat feel of this of this big four stroke so then i just went i'm getting one i gotta get one of these things but the four strokes are about a 10 grand bike they're they're really Hard to find. Yeah, okay. So next best thing, James was there and and I know James pretty well and he was going, man, this 500's good. I was about to get onto the 500 and it pissed down rain. So Mm. one thing I find with VMX bikes, a lot of guys, if it rains, you don't ride them because you're just going to trash them. So I didn't get to ride the 500 that day but that was it. I said to this uh, fella from the sunny coast, I said, get me one. I want one of these Huskies. So we found a few that were ready to go Mm. and I went, there's no fun in that. Yep. I didn't want the bike, you know, built and shiny and glossy and, and there was one that I, I could have got. So we found this one that needed work and I went, yeah, let's get that. So
0: so have you done all the work on that?
1: Uh, pretty much did all the, all the chassis, all the, all the framework, all yep. the, got all the stickers, everything organised from the UK. Yep. It was just, you know, just like working on a dirt bike. We had a few problems with the motor. We had a uh, split crankcase and clutch basket. We couldn't get one here in Oz. Yep. Um, we found... There were a few parts in people's sheds, but because it's a common fault, they don't want to part with them. Yep. So um, Sean, the, the Husky guy, sourced the parts for me from Canada, yep. uh, built the bike up. It just looks amazing. You've seen photos of it. For sure, and it, I'll, put,
0: I'll put some on this as well. Yeah,
1: it's, it's such a rad bike. And um, I've only ridden it three days. And on Sunday, I was racing it out at QMP. The, the bike kickbacked once. And blew the clutch basket and split the crankcase again. So we're sending emails back to Canada and chasing up new parts. But in, in one point, I'm not that pissed off about it. It's uh, you know, I was I was riding the bike hard on the weekend, and I, yeah. when I did it up, I only spray painted the frame. So now I've fully stripped it. We sent the frame just around the corner from here to get powder coated. And. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it'll come back bigger, better, faster, stronger and we'll put a decompression valve in at this time so it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't kick me back and I think we'll put an electronic ignition on so we know yep. the ignition timing will be spot on. And yep. Yeah, man, it's, it's funny. I actually built the bike not to race it. I built it to go out to any, anyone that knows me through bike riding knows what I love about bike riding is just going out and hanging out. I love yep. Saturdays at QMP, just hanging out with the boys, doing laps, play, racing. Yep. That, that's what I'm all about. I built the 500 to do that, mm. you know, take the 500 out, do some laps, chase down some modern bikes and have a, a piss ball fun on it. Yep. But the weekend was a race day. I went, all right, let's go out and race it. There was three classes I was eligible, eligible to race. Yep. So I went, I'll race all three, so which is nine motos. Mate. So I did six motos on the thing and... Um, I never got to race apples for apples. I, you know, it was a VMX race meeting, but I was lining up against 95 model CR500s. Yeah, okay. So I'm on a starting line. It's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, I want to chase these guys down and I I gave it a good good crack. I got like thirds and fourths and I was happy with that. But uh, we only got six motos in. End of the sixth moto, uh, I lost, uh, there was nuts and bolts of my bike all over the track. So I just went, no, that's it. It's done. It's starting to yep. rattle to rattle apart. Rattle apart. Yep. Um, we've pushed it too hard. Let's pack it up and go home. And then that's when I found the split in the crankcase. Wow. So
0: yeah. Anyway, well, she's she's a big pile of nuts and bolts on my floor again now. It yeah. is like, and I will put the photos in, but it it looks good now. I can't wait to see it, powder coated and Yeah, yeah. Awesome. We'll get you out for a ride on it, and it's uh, oh, I love it's, that. it's actually really mellow. It's um
1: okay. The Huskies of that era were designed for European tracks, whereas okay. the Japanese bikes, the 500s, were more or less designed for US tracks. So mm-hmm. they were designed under the feet of, you know, Ricky Johnson and yep. Ron Lachine. So they wanted hard-hitting, aggressive bikes. The Euro guys wanted mellow 500s. Yep. So they're a longer stroke motor.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just a big pussycat. So more like um, instead of punchy, more corner speed. Yeah. Nice yeah. power
1: coming Four-speed out. Four-speed gearbox. Yep. Yeah, right. Put it put it in third and go.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait to. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see it in real life. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to take yeah, you we'll up an Yeah, we will get a we'll ride. ride on
1: it, mate. It's gonna be, be a fun day.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd yeah. be really, really cool. And yeah. I hopped on to uh, Josh's ninety seven two fifty. Yeah. And like, that's not vintage, nothing like that. But it's amazing to go back and think when I was riding those at the time that oh, this thing's pretty full on. But yeah. now after riding the modern four fifties and that, they're more they've got way more snap now than ever, don't you think?
1: The new four fifties are just they're just amazing things to yeah. ride. Yeah. it it It's really funny. I rode the Husky last weekend. I've just bought a YZ450, so I've got a yep. 2020 450F. Yeah. So I rode the Husky, leave the helmet on, did, did a moto on the Husky, yep. come in, jumped on the Yamaha and went out. And you just appreciate how good these new bikes are. Like the braking is phenomenal. Yep. And, you know, guys are still putting bigger rotors and braided lines and, you know I, I have my front brake nearly into the handlebar and yep. that's still so much power in that yep in that front brake the the power of the motor is just you know there's there's it's just a magic carpet ride from from go to woe ah
0: oh, it's it's endless you
1: know? yeah and and um but you know it's funny ain't nothing rail like the husky 500 around a corner you can hit an outside line on that thing and it's just It's just just magic, yeah. And I think it's because it's a bit softer, so the suspension settles in and just the geometry, it's just a beautiful thing to ride.
0: That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I'd definitely take you up on that, mate. I'd like to have a ride or something. Enjoyment
1: factor, last weekend riding the Yamaha and
0: the Husky, the Husky one, it was was more fun. Yeah, I think that's – and you probably agree with this, that's why the VMX movement's grown so much, eh? Everyone's enjoying it so much.
1: Man, like that's the first – I've raced a VMX once. Yeah. The tribute to Tivoli, that was on a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. A mate rolled out a YZ125G and said, go and go and race it. So we got it off his trailer, started it, and they were yeah. calling my race to the line. So I'd never... I, I, what gear do I start this thing in? Had so you would never been on it? Never been on it. Yep. Radiator on the front, like on the, on the fork legs. Right. Huh. So I went out. Uh, yeah, love this thing. I was seat jumping all the jumps. And there's some really cool photos I'll send you of... Me racing a YZ252 stroke, a modern bike on the same track on the same day on the same jump, oh really? Exactly the same body position, yep. A uh, little seat jump over a tabletop, and it's so it was interesting taking like a old school modern technique yep. onto an old bike that that bike never would have been ridden with that technique in that day, yep. and it was fun. So that that sort of got a little bit of a, a bug, yep, for uh, yeah, a little bit of a bug for it, but it never never acted on it. Went out, you know, went out to my first VMX race the other day, and it's just so chilled and relaxed. Yeah, you know, I go, oh, they said six thirty. I get there at six thirty, and like people <laughs> are asleep, you know. And then eight o'clock, they go, oh, we'll push riders briefing back to eight thirty. And there's just no, yeah, there's no anxiety, no stress. And you get to the line, and dudes are just, hey, go going, man, and that bike looks sick. And yeah, you know, guys wearing nineteen eighty JT racing gear and. I felt overdressed, just wearing black fox. You know, like <laughs> I had no logos, and I felt completely yep. inappropriately dressed for this race meeting. But it was just such a cool vibe, and um, yeah, I might find a find a little home there. I think it's, yeah. you know, um, I don't know whether you if you know of James Deacon, but no. yeah. so James was a Craig Dack, Glenn Bell era motocross mm-hmm. racer, top you know top three, top five guy in Australia, and amazing talent still is on a motorcycle. He won the world. He went over and raced his CR500 at Farley Castle last year and he won. So he's he's a world champion in in vet class, same age as me basically. So he's sort of a, he's into it. And for me, it's kind of I just didn't want to go and find this nerdy bunch of guys. It's like, well, here's a cool guy that I like, that I I, I enjoy (laughs) being with. If he's there, I'm going. Yeah, and, and James broke his thumb the week before we went racing. and so he was there with his son though, who who had a, a pretty bad accident on the weekend and got hurt. Um, so all the best to to young Griffin. I hope he hope he's doing well. But um, yeah, it's kind of cool, and it's 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 just they just a old dudes on old bikes, man, yeah. and everyone's having fun. There's a lot of young guys out there too. Like mm. there is a lot of young guys out there. I, there was a fellow there I don't know his name. He was on a 1974 Mako 500. He was hauling this thing. He was Jeff only, Ballard. No, no not, <laughs> not GB. This guy was probably 25, 26. Yep. Man, he was hauling on this thing. Wow. And uh, it's cool, you know. You got some young kids out there that are that are fast on these, especially like the ninety in the nineties, the ninety yep. model, two fifties and five hundreds. Um, and there's, yeah, it's a good spectacle. It's just cool, and you know, guys coming over and appreciating the build on your bike. Mm. I mean, that's, and, and you don't
0: get that with the modern stuff man,
1: no, I, don't, I hope you don't mind me swearing, but there's no fucking ego, mate. You know, mm. like there's just no ego attached where, you know, when I was in moto, you, you know, anyone that races motocross, they, you know, don't lie. You all know it's it, it, it's the truth. It's it's just packed full of ego. It's what wheels you run on your car and what trailer you got. Mm. And, you know, you don't rock up in a box trailer. You know, I, uh, I went off, I started off road racing a few years ago. And guys are in box trailers and bikes laying down in Utes, and I went, "This is cool." This yeah. is. there was no ego attached, mate. And mm. you know, Toby was still here racing in Australia, and you could go and say hi hey, to Toby. And it's like, why isn't motocross like this in Australia? Why? Are they, why are these guys so, yeah, so up themselves? It's so, I mean, Sorry, guys. Sorry, all the motocross guys, <laughs> but you know, just. Just uh, pump the brakes a bit. Just just have have a bit more fun. Just enjoy it. Yeah, I, I watched your podcast with Dan, and yep. and Dan basically displays that attitude yeah. as well. You know, he's just a cool cool dude that rides moto, and yep. I'm sure he had his he had his era when he was. you Oh know, um, yeah, like but you know he's I'm sure anyone can go up to Dan and just say g'day, and yep. yeah, I think Dean Ferris much the same. Dean's just a very down to earth guy, but there's a lot of guys that. Uh, yeah, man. If you're not wearing the right T-shirt with the right sock slash shoe combo, yep. you're, in the, you're not cool. So.
0: <laughs> and I think that's what's good about like the, some of the fringe sports that you're seeing in racing. Yeah. You know, I look at like we did the flat track thing on Saturday, yeah. which yeah. was a, pra- a practice for it. But same deal, like just fun, like just really good. People that just want to ride bikes and yeah, just have a good time.
1: Fun's, fun's the thing, mate. Like yep. when what, what I do coaching now, I actually say to the kids, one of the first things I do, especially when the parents are around, yep. and I've been t- teaching a few young off-road kids that want to race enduro as well. Yeah. And uh, I just go, look, if you ain't having fun, park it. Yeah. Go, go, go put your bike in the ute. Say to your dad, just I'm not feeling it, mate. I just want to go home. Like if if it's not fun, don't ride bikes. Yep. So, so you mentioned GB before, like good mates with Jeff. Yep. He is the, like he's the spotlight for having fun on a motorcycle. Like the the, you know, 61 years old. Is he 61? 61, mate. Sorry, Jeff. Um, he'll ride a bike every day of the week. Doesn't matter, adventure bike. Yeah. You know, just won't ride an e-bike. Don't don't mention the word e-bike.
0: Oh really? Is he a hater?
1: Yeah yeah. We'll, we 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 won't go into go into that. <laughs> but he's he's a hater. But gold. You know. Yeah, just that—that's—that's that's what it's about. We, you and I, started riding motorcycles for fun. I started mm. riding bikes when I was a, a kid for fun. Make it fun now, and yeah. that's why I'm still riding. I'm 57, 57 yep. years old now, and I I love riding bikes, mate. And I think yep. that vibe comes out of me when I'm at the track and hanging out, and I don't feel like an old dude at all, mate. It's
0: the best you thing know? you can do, and yeah. when a helmet goes on, it doesn't matter. Like no one, no one knows. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, actually, I I kind of let them know sometimes if I get you know, QMP, you'll get the. Rear wheel warrior that'll jump on. But they'll, yep. they'll watch you do a few laps, and they normally wait till you about fifteen minutes into a moto, tag on, tag on, and um, you know it's like all right, I'll, I'll up it and I'll have a bit of a crack, and then I, I don't mind taking my helmet off then and going, well, you should be a bit embarrassed, mate, that you didn't pass <laughs> me on that one. So, but you know, that it's yeah, it's just I have fun, mate. I make it safe for myself. I don't want to get yep. hurt, and uh, you know I'm lucky and fortunate enough to be fit and healthy that I can still, you know, throw down on a motorcycle and have fun. Yeah. Um Did I listen I listened to Chris kiefer a bit and Kiefer talks on his podcast and he goes when he, when he no longer looks relevant, he'll hang up his boots. And I think that's yeah you know, if, if if my riding style starts to look too shitty, I might just go, Yeah, I might park it. But but yeah. that's ego taken over. So just gotta enjoy it. I think I'll just keep riding and having fun, mate. Yeah, just keep enjoying it. Yeah.
0: Um did you ever get any big injuries along the way? Because you're like, you're saying you're 57. You're yeah. fit, healthy, 57. Yeah. Did you get any big ones? Uh, collarbones. Nothing bad. Yeah, collarbones.
1: Yep. Um, I did a collarbone like when I was 13. I, I, I did them outside of racing, just yep. run dirt bikes, mate. Yep. So,
0: touch wood like it's been a been a good, yeah, good time.
1: Yeah, probably my biggest injuries were concussions. Yeah, I, okay. I had a big concussion, Sydney Entertainment Centre, 1988. Yeah. And got amboed out and thought I was in a car crash. I had That was a, a big one. Had a head on at Tivoli in 2004 and got landed on. Uh, Would someone up-
0: get cross-rutted or something? Come the other way?
1: Yeah, un- unfortunately for a, a good friend of mine. He was coming. It was a practice day, Yeah, a club day. First lap of practice, I jumped out on the track in front to get out of, out of the mud. I had white fox gear on, looked pretty sick. So I Didn- <laughs> didn't want to get muddy. Um, we were on passing loops on the track. Yep. Uh, he got, uh, cross-rutted on a tabletop jump, speared across the track, hit a water pipe, got airborne, hit me, I'm coming the other way, fourth gear, oh, over geez. a blind jump and, and my bike hit his leg. He got a double, uh, femur break and I got knocked out cold and yep. smashed an Arai helmet in half and woke up on the ground thinking I... Yeah, just had no idea what was going on. So I thought that was the end of my riding then. That was 04. Yeah. Um, that was a six-month rehab. Yeah, okay. You know, to, to even want to get back onto a bike. Yep. And then I went out with some mates out to Black Duck when it used to be open. That's right, yep. yeah. Yeah, had, still had, had a dirt bike, went out and rode and did a few laughs and sit down and had a little cry. I went, yeah, feeling pretty good. I had suspected spinal injuries. That was at the end of the day. They, they thought I'd uh, damaged my neck, so... I had that sensation, which I'm sure a lot of riders have had, of wheeling down hospital corridors looking at fluoro lights mm. and just going, like, is, is this it? Is this it? But I, I knew I had feeling in my toes. So I, I had that going yep. for me. And uh, I was in there for, I think, 12 hours and then, no, you're good, mate. You can go home. Just like, oh, okay. Mate, that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, concussions. Yeah. One knee injury, a couple of collarbones, and uh, broken fingers. Oh, when I started off road racing, little fingers started smashing fingers on trees, <laughs> so <laughs> I never experienced that. Yep. Actually, going off road racing, I never experienced scratched helmets.
0: Mm. So, yeah, that sucks. About that, that part sucks, that injury <laughs>
1: that, that was the motocross that coming out of me. There, yep. when a mate goes, get a bike with a headlight, mate, and come riding. And mm. I went riding with him. So I went and bought a Husky two hundred and fifty uh, T tc t t anyway oh, they they're changed the two
0: they're different yeah
1: and i went out with him and i got all these branch scratches on my helmet I'm like what the, what the hell is all this shit you know yep yeah so that was my um first day off-road riding don't get that
0: in motocross yeah
1: yeah just you know wash the roost off of the mud so but uh yeah so that that was um you know i, I suddenly went from being a old crusty motocross rider to go this off-road stuff looks like pretty good fun let's go and have a crack at that you so, enjoyed that too yeah so i'm sort of going off on a tangent but what what i didn't enjoy about just trail bike riding was it was i thought the the world now become a motocross track so i was going just balls out everywhere i go out to glass house and it was just uh, p- pinning it and I, and I had a couple of crashes and realized that that isn't what you do and i thought i was going to get hurt so same guy that said to me to get a bike with a headlight, uh, asked me to come along to an AORC round. They were doing, they needed some riders just to ride the track, and they did, they had to be non-racers. And I went, okay, I'll come out. And and then suddenly I'm on this closed course where there's no one coming the other way. I know no one's gonna. I know no one's going to be coming the other way. Yeah. Um, and I could go flat out. I went, this this shit is fun. Yeah. So. Actually, I'm going to tell this story. So, <laughs> I, I then went, you know what? When's this race on? And they go, oh, it's on in two weeks. I go, I, Now that I've raced it, but now that I've ridden the track, can I still come and race it? They go, well, yeah, you know, it's, you're old. So I just went. There. <laughs> I just went. Right, I, I'm not going to go and win. I, yeah. So I entered the Masters class and went out and and uh, actually that day when I, I, I flooded my husky i dropped it in a creek the only creek crossing flooded a no. barrel full of water to tip it upside down and get the water out so that that was my introduction to off-roading um, so yeah i, I went and race this off-road race but I, I went as a motocross dude so i had like brand new answer racing gear brand new like i just looked sick i had roll offs. i was washing my bike in between yep like heats you know and no one else is was washing their bike and, <laughs> In off-road racing with these sprint races, what happens is you do your first race, Mm -hmm. then they seed you for your second race on on your results of your first race. So I'm looking around, there's all these middle-aged dudes that are overweight Mm -hmm. and I'm just going, man, I'm fit, healthy. I'm going to smash all these guys, you know, and there's chicks there and I didn't know who Gemma Wilson was and... Mm -hmm. Taylor Jones, I don't know who these, they're just girls on bikes. I'm going, oh, well.
0: killers on a bike, <laughs> yeah. So
1: I do race one, yeah. Oh, I go, smashed it, come in, smashed it. So I go, they sound the horn, go back over. I go, go to the, my, my wife Diana. I go, I better get over there early because, um, you know, I'm going to be called up pretty early for the next race. I just sat there and sat there and sat there, there's calling all these riders and all these. Yeah, you know, slightly frumpy, overweight dudes with number plates on their camelbacks. that yep. get called up in front of me, and I'm going, "That guy beat me." And then all the girls have already gone. Um, and there's like, I'm looking around. There's like three or four guys left, and I'm going, "Far out!" Like I'm, I'm really shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really shit at this. And uh, and I turn up on this sparkling bike for race number two. And even the guy at the start goes, "What are you doing back here?" And I go, "I think I'm just really shit, mate." So. Yeah, so that, that kind of made it fun for me because yeah. I was I was a Neville nobody in, in this new sport. Right? You're back in,
0: you back here. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And actually, that that weekend, they, where,
0: where was this one? That was at Kilkeven, and okay, it, yep. it was
1: like 38 degrees, stinking hot. Mm. But um, they put me in because it was my first off road race. They put me in Masters Clubman class, mm-hmm. and I'd actually won that by quite a margin. And I felt I was sandbagging, so I went and changed it. So I went and saw the timekeeper and said, look, I just feel a bit unfair for the guy that's in second. Yeah. And so I went and said, look, can you just put me into master's expert? That's where I should be riding. And he goes, yeah, okay, cool. So he took my, off the score and put me onto that. So I went back and saw the dude I was camping next to. And I said, oh, look, I just took my name off. I, was, I think I was in the wrong class. And he goes, oh, really, what, 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 what class were you in? I said, I was in master's clubby, I was winning it. I'm back over the other class. He was the guy that was in second place. So, <laughs> so he, so him and I become good mates out yep. of that. And so you know, didn't
0: know that until
1: you you said that. Didn't to him? know that. I didn't no. know he was in second, and he he won the event oh, nice. for, for his for our age group and the clubby class, and he was stoked. And you know, the trophy wasn't that important to me. I wanted. Yep. I felt I had to be getting my ass kicked. Yep. You know by by. Yeah, the, the guys in, in my class, and they were, they were kicking my ass, mate. Yep. And so, yeah, then I just got love of off road racing and, and did, you know, the next year, raced all the Aussie off road rounds. Yep. Um, you know, we were, it was the last round of, must have been 2016, we traveled to um, Penshurst in Victoria, mm-hmm. got to the track the road was flooded I was in an XR6 ute with my bike in the back. It was 1975 k's to the track. From home? From home. Mm. I get to the track and I've just seen a SS Commodore get flooded in this creek crossing. The track's just on the other side of the creek so (laughs) so I've only got to go one kilometre to get to the pits. So I'm sitting there on my ute and it's just Diana and myself and I go um yeah I don't know about this like and then a guy with a tractor comes along and goes, oh, throw your shit on here, mate. And we'll get it over there. And I'm going, yeah, but how am I going to get back at the end of the day? And mm. I pulled up on my phone and looked at the points and I was running fifth in the master's class in the, in the Aussie off-roads, which is yeah. over 45s. And I looked at the points and I go, I can't get fourth and I can't get sixth. So yeah, I just said to die, it's a bit piss weak if I just say, it's not going to be fun mm-hmm. and go home. So... Yeah, I just did a Yui,
0: I did, it. I did it get <laughs> another bike. 2,000 k's. Yeah, we just drove 2,000 k's home. Mate. Yeah. Understandably though. Yeah. Imagine that event if they getting into it's flooded. Yeah, but um,
1: to our good fortune on the way home, we stayed at Karua mm-hmm. near Newcastle on the way home. Yep. And I'm flying up the highway and uh, Josh Green rings mm-hmm. and Greeny was out with a knee injury, so he wasn't doing the off-road championships. Yep. He read, I'm looking at the phone going, what's he ringing for? So, yeah, mate, what's up? And he goes, there's a turning bay, 1K up the road, do a Yui. I'm going, what? He goes, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm at the gate of the island. Oh, yeah. And the island wasn't open but they were having a ride day there. So went up the highway, did a Yui, met Josh at the – at the. he was waiting for a mate and yeah. saw my ute going up the highway, like a black XR6 yeah. with a – what did I have there? A, Brand new KDM, 450 yeah. in the back, so it stood out like dog's tears. Yeah. So he goes, uh, "Dog's balls," is the expression. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I rode this perfectly dry, yep. dust-free track at the at the island all day. So I, I drove 4,000 k's to ride right there for the day and have a clean bike, and then I saw all the images of the race at Pens at Penshurst, Penn's, and it was just a shit fest. They were, yeah. you know, they, they had to tow every vehicle out. No, no. Guys were walking around a foot of mud, and, and it's going back to the fun factor. No way in hell would I I wouldn't have enjoyed one minute of it. No, nah, so, not
0: at all. What's other yeah. island
1: like? It was rad. I mean, that was four years ago, so I'm sure they made changes. But it, it looks was, like
0: the best. Probably one of the best complexes.
1: Good, yeah. It was was all the tracks, all the everything was there. That was at the point when they were having council approval issues with the entrance off the highway.
0: So Uh, they had to build a road or something, didn't they? Yeah, had to put a turn-in lane. Ah, Okay, so what it was? Yep.
1: Yeah, so we were there. It was probably it was probably eighteen months before it was opened. Yep. So I think the the guy that owned it at that time was having invitational days, and you you know there was I think twenty guys were allowed there, and yep. I was lucky enough to be one of those twenty that day. By chance, of being on a highway at
0: certain time of day. Yeah, yeah. So it was cool. Yeah. Um, Go back to your racing. Yes. Uh, The Entertainment Center races. So how many did you do? What What did you do? Yeah. Okay. So because they were like the peak of late eighties, mate. There was
1: yeah, late eighties. There was no supercross and motocross season like there is now. It was just a season. So. What what do you mean? Okay, we would race motocross at. Oran Park on this weekend. Yep. The next weekend we'd be racing Supercross. And yeah, the right. next weekend you'd be racing motocross. And mm-hmm. it was just a- Oh, so it wasn't
0: divided up It wasn't into, divided,
1: yeah. No. So there was, um, yeah, you were just racing different events. So we didn't know much about suspension. I had a pack of washers in the forks to make the forks <laughs> a bit stiffer. And I had a, my last year racing was on a, I'd love to have it now. It was an 89 Wiser 250.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'd love to have that bike now. Um, Yeah, and I I, I like telling the story about back in that day, like the late 80s. Yep. You know, you'd have 100 guys to qualify for a Supercross final. 100? 100 guys. There'd be four heats of 25 riders on the line to qualify down to 22 spots for the final. That's ridiculous now. That that was Supercross. Yeah. But 1986, we were racing... Mr. Motocross at Oran Park, which was just an amazing venue. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever saw that, or I've been there. Yep. Yeah, so it was it was a great venue, you know, six deep around the fence, you know, big events. They, they were. It was the heyday of motocross. Like Dacky was on top of his game, and yep. it was just a good era.
0: Because they were sending like Roger DeCosta and that over to those two, wouldn't? weren't they?
1: Ah, uh, this was well after that era. After that? Yeah, but yeah. he
0: did do some Mr. Motocross, I'm pretty sure too. Yeah,
1: I, I, it's sort of before my era. So okay, this yep. was like the tail end of. It was I, like, I just call it the Craig Dack era, was when Dacky yep. was dominant. Just at the
0: top. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So that they made the announcement at Mr. Motocross mm-hmm. that there's going to be this big venue announcement and everyone's going, you know, like so we're all going, oh, this is going to be cool, it's going to be the Sydney showground or something, there's going to be yep. some big event. And they, they uh, announced the Sydney Entertainment Centre Supercross, which was, you know, a tennis centre, it's a tennis court. And they're right. going to hold an indoor supercross there. So um, entries went out. It was a you know a limited entry list. Yep. And I was lucky enough to get an entry for it. And um, yeah, raced. I actually raced the the first ever supercross race in in that venue. So we were obviously a C grader. Yep. I was uh, in an invitational C grade race. I think there was twenty C graders in it. Um, yeah, might have been forty, and they had to qualify through anyway. Whatever the system was um but it was like this prestigious event it was it suddenly lifted supercross from being at us at a showground yeah to you know there was you know i I mentioned to you earlier there was you know pit mums wearing fur coats (laughs) you know there was it was it was it was a prestigious event yeah and it was so rad and you know we, we got to walk the track in the afternoon and it was just You know, like we couldn't believe they'd built this supercross track in this little venue. And when we walked the track and did practice, there was no, it was an empty stadium. So it was very echoey as you've been to Brisbane and that sort of thing, what they're like when there's no crowd. Mm. So we weren't allowed back into the venue until race time. And we were first race. So we roll up these big doors open and like I think it holds 15 or 17 and a half thousand people. That, yeah. Like it just erupted and we were just, we were just C-grade punters rolling up to the starting That's line huge. of this race. We were looking at each other. You, you couldn't even hear the bikes. I've actually got a photo on my Insta yeah. um, of the start of that race. So I, I should try and flick it over to yeah, you. For it. Sure. And it was, so they had an orchestra's pit in the entertainment centre and the track went down into the orchestra's pit and out again. And on the first lap there was a pile-up in that orchestra's pit, I got out of the shit, and yeah. I I was leading the race. So the first ever race, because three there's only eight guys on the line because three guys didn't finish the race. Fifteen thousand people started yelling out "rerun, rerun." oh no. Yeah, they reran the race, and I finished fourth or something. But it was still just an experience. Yeah. Like, you know, we'd done supercrosses and we'd raced in showgrounds, and you. It was the first time where the crowd was like part of the racing. That so you could you hear really the
0: crowd hear every...
1: Yeah, it was, yep. it was deafening. And because and it was new to the crowd, they that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. But um, that really ignited Supercross in Australia. You know, it was just, there was so many different promoters and we were racing wherever there was a speedway, they'd build a Supercross track and there'd be a different promoter. So we'd yep. race Newcastle, Canberra. You know, we're just traveling constantly you do a Supercross on Saturday and then the next weekend it'd be New South Wales motocross titles at Mount Kembla. Yeah. You know. It's so just, just a,
0: constant on the go. It's just the same bike. Yeah. Yeah. So no Supercross suspension back then. And no Supercross motors. suspension,
1: yeah. Huge different so washers. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm pretty good friends with um, a guy's name's Mark Mark Luxich. He, he's involved with the Honda team okay. now. Okay. So yeah. Uh, Mark used to be Glenn Bell's manager back in the day, so yeah. when Belly was, you know, Honda rider for Australia, Mark was his personal manager and, and mechanic, and went yeah. to all the races with him. And Mark is still involved in the sport today, which is really cool. And I saw Mark at Jimboom Supercross last year, and he goes, "Yeah, it's no different." Mm. He goes, "It's no different." He goes, "In fact, the, the stuff you guys were doing was more dangerous than this because, like, some of the Supercross promoters were making the up ramps out of steel triangular frames with." timber uh timber panels no and they just so they were just like cheese blocks on the ground yeah. that you'd hit
0: just wedges yeah, yeah. And
1: then you know uh stutter bumps and whoops were made out of you know concrete pipes and just dusted over with dirt and
0: <sighs> yeah it's a bit sketchy
1: yeah you know there, were, there was no timing to anything it was just literally come out of a corner and just all right hit this triple oh. i'm gonna have to try and pin
0: it so what did you race era. back then what did you get through on that in that time uh, Obviously, you said 89, you had a YZ 250, but before yeah, that, what
1: was... Yeah, race Raced a few Kawasaki's, Honda's, I had a quite a few Hondas.
0: Did you? So I had yeah. the
1: Honda, probably one of my favourite bikes is, I think they call it the Fat Boy, had the low pipe on the Honda okay. CR250. Yep. That like was a, an 86
0: something. Yeah, something like the 87 maybe. Seven, yep.
1: Then uh, uh, I, I actually had a KTM, maybe 88, yeah, eighty eight KDM upside down fork. Wow, yeah, it, it was pretty sick. Yeah, um, yeah, rode that for one season. Um, that one sent me to the hospital in Sydney with a with a concussion. That was they had a they had a <laughs> reputation for hitting a false neutral if you if you preloaded on on a jump. Yep, and you go to hit the hit the power off it. Click neutral. Just go neutral. Yeah, yeah so it just threw me over the handlebars into the face of a, a ramp and in, in the Sydney Entertainment Center. Yeah, so that was, I think, 88. I, I yeah. ended up in St. Vincent's Hospital with suspected spinal injuries and yeah. and a pretty bad concussion. Mm.
0: So, yeah. Were they good times in apart from that? Was it, they, it was,
1: you know, it, it was fun. And I, I think it was fun because it was just a big brotherhood. Everyone was mates. So everyone Every, got on then? Everyone got on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, even, uh, yeah, just you, you could go and talk to any of the top pro guys. You, you'd walk the track. You'd walk the track of the top pro guys. Yep. Everyone, whether, whether you were a C grade or a B grade or A grade, you know, there was no pro intermediate yep. amateur. It was A, B, C grade. Um, I only got to B grade at that point. B grade put you in A grade. Mm-hmm. So it Was always combined A and B grade. so I got to look. I got to race, you know, Jeff Lees, Craig Dak, Glenn Bell. I got to line up against absolute legends of the sport for sure. Um, Eddie Warren, you know, to be on, on a track with these guys was good. Uh, a supercross final, my last year of racing, I made every supercross final, yep. um, except the indoors, which were only eight rider spots. Um, you know, if I got lapped by lap 12, I'd I, I, Thought I'd be doing pretty good. That'd probably sit me in mid-pack. Yep. You know, so wow. the freight train'd start coming, and then it's like, all right, and you start pulling over and pulling over, and yeah, but man, it's just such such fun and
0: such a good era for for, for road racing and and dirt racing in Australia. It was huge. Yeah. Eh? yeah. You look at the old photos of Oren Park for the road part of it. The hills were lined with people. Same with Emu. You, you yeah. touched on Emu motocross as well. Yeah. Yeah. I raced Emu. You know, the crowds yeah. that used to get out and support events was massive, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What made Craig Jack so good?
1: It's it's funny that now now that I'm older, and mm-hmm. know a lot of these pro guys from that era. Yep. I've, I understand a mindset that the average rider doesn't have. Okay. So I don't have it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I never won state titles. I, I won a vet state title in Queensland. So, but I never won championships. You know. So I, I was your guy that was at the races. So the difference between those guys like Craig, Glenn, GB. Yeah. Um, a lot of the off-road guys, they, they just have a different mindset that they are going to be the fastest rider.
0: They just believe it so They, they just
1: believe it. Whereas I thought, right, if I train hard and I ride hard and I practice and practice and practice, yeah, maybe I'll get there one day. But they just went into it going, I think I can be the best. Mm-hmm. And, and I think... Craig just had a had a stubbornness about him, and and at that point, I mean, he was being accused of being having an arrogance about him, but he was a pro athlete, mate. He was, yeah. you know, he had the food on his table relied on his attitude and how he, mm. you know, conducted himself. And they were all, you know, professionally. I mean, Gawley set that path for all those riders for sure. Um,
0: Still, is a leader in the sport too. Yeah, Well, both of them actually are in their own their own right.
1: Yeah, and funny enough, I've I've never said good day to Craig Dark. So, really uh,
0: yeah because yeah, he was just uh
1: he was just in his zone at the races yeah he was just in his just the thing racer. And, yeah he was in his pits and and he was he was the one guy that didn't you know, yep. hey mate how you going it was it was he he was just a, the professional racer mm. and i give that to him yeah 100%. for sure like
0: you look at the results in for the racing part now the team part yeah. it's um he's obviously got some sort of fo- an incredible focus here, yeah you
1: know? yeah
0: huge respect did you ever get across, maybe not to ride, but did you get across to the States to watch any of the, the outdoor or the supercross? Yes. I went to.
1: <clears throat> I was over mountain bike racing in America in. I think it was 2000, maybe 99.
0: So I'll, I'll get to that too. When did you yeah. get into mountain biking?
1: Uh, when I stopped motocrossing.
0: <laughs> oh, really? It took yeah. straight up.
1: Uh, just as fun. Just yeah, as yeah. fun. I, I just bought a mountain bike because so they look cool. They had these, you know, in, so let's say in 1990 mountain biking was just getting underway and I like yep. liked the motocross looking bars on these bikes and yep. thought, so I got one of them so I just rode living in Cooma we had trails everywhere I just went riding mm. yeah but um yeah no, I I got to watch Ricky Carmichael on 125 at Glen Helen cool. uh I've got some photos I took there of Jimmy Button um, on the 400 Yamahas so that year must have been maybe 99 98
0: 99 yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, McGrath was there. Uh, yeah. was it was at Glenn Helen. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Tortelli slaughtered everyone and Ricky was. So that was cool to be able to watch that. Um, went over in 05 and watched Bubba, his first season on the 250s. Yep. Or the open class, but he was on a 252 on 250, stroke. yeah. Yeah, so we went over and watched, uh, went, went with a mate, and watched a couple of rounds. That was crazy,
0: that. wasn't it? Yeah. Like that 05 season and that was Yeah. Nuts.
1: Yeah, we were there at Phoenix when he broke his arm we oh, were really? in practice. Yeah, there was one section, a rhythm section that, you know, Chad and Kevin and all those guys were pulled up and Bubba was just smashing this thing and then next minute he's over the bars and yeah. that was it, broken arm, so.
0: Yeah, so you got yeah. to see a bit over there though.
1: Yeah, yeah, so that was fun.
0: Glen Helen, that, that's a cool place, eh?
1: Glen Helen was cool. The funny thing was we were there because Troy Lee put on a mountain bike event at that race. So I was there in mountain bike clothes. I was there as a mountain biker because we were there racing the Norbers, the National Off-Road Mountain Bike Association. Right. Mountain bike racing. So
0: so this is 99, That's this is that event. Th-
1: this is this is this off-road event. Yeah. Yeah. So a uh, good mate of mine, Michael Ronning, was a pro downhill racer, yep. lives on the Gold Coast. Um, he got an invite through Troy Lee to go to the scene. He goes, oh, yeah, we got an invite to go to Glen Helen. I go, all right, cool, let's go. I didn't really make much note about that I was a motocross rider. Yep. I was a mountain bike guy now. Mm. and. Troy Lee held a motocross event on one of the hills in Glen Helen at, at lunchtime and it was a four-rider downhill moto event yeah, on, right. on mountain bikes. So we, we went there to watch that. and Yeah. Oh, was, that's cool. It was funny because midway through the last open class moto, Michael just goes, yeah, I'm done, man, and he started walking back to the car. So I was like, oh, I'll just watch the rest of this, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, we weren't there to go you know, frothing to go to y- Glen Helen.
0: Y- yeah. Yeah, total different. Yeah, total different to what I would have expected you to say about that. Then, so. yeah, yeah. My, my
1: head was mountain biking. Yeah, you know, we we couldn't wait to get back up to Big Bear and go go downhilling. So,
0: Man, that's crazy. Yeah, Michael's from Giant. Giant thing? Narang, yeah. yeah, he's actually someone I would like to get on here because yeah, he's got a bit of a killer story he's, too.
1: He's eh? yeah, and uh you know his friendship with with Glenn Jacobs. Good, good. Yep. That you know well and. You yeah, know, he's, he's, he's a good guy. Mike and I spent a lot of time together. He lived with us for a little while for on and off. And yeah, just another pro athlete that just had yeah. that mindset that-
0: Dedication. Wanted, dedication,
1: yep. wanna be the best. And you know, now he's doing well with his business and I wish him all yep. the well there. And we, we, you know, we see each other yeah, once a month or so and it's cool. Yep. Yeah.
0: Just got yourself a new, new meal from there as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, can I touch on the e-bike subject? Yeah, go for We're it. Cool mate. To go you can do whatever it's, you want. It's, it's, it's controversial. So
0: <laughs> So I've been a
1: mountain biker that's effectively thirty years. Yeah. E bikes come out. So My,
0: you've seen the progression.
1: I've seen the progression, yeah. upside down forks, disc brakes, Yeah. drop away from V brakes, the whole progression. Drop a post, everything. Yeah. So e bikes come in and everybody's going, You gotta you gotta try an e bike. I go, mate, no. You know, if I want power, I'll go buy Moto." Then uh Mate of mine, I'm not going to say his name because he'd be embarrassed, but he rings me up one day and he goes, get an e-bike and come up to my place. Mm. Don't, don't care where you get one from, get an e-bike and come up. And I go, and he was pretty persistent, so I went, all right. So I rang Michael at Giant Rang I said, dude, can you lend me a bike for a day? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, oh, I've got a, a Giant rain. come and grab it. So I grabbed it, went up to, it's up the Glasshouse Mountains. Rode the thing 50 metres and I went, yeah, okay, I get it straight away i get it this this yeah. shit's good we went out and rode two and a half hours my heart rate was the same as it is when i normally mountain bike ride you just ride harder and faster that's all yep. you do so the argument of you know you're not training it's yeah, bs so two weeks prior to that i had just bought my wife a brand new giant trance
0: and this is fairly recent we're talking this is only six months, months?
1: yeah six months yeah. yeah so bought my wife a new giant trance Come home from riding the e-bike, and I just go. We're selling your bike, and she goes, "It's brand new." I go, "If I put you on one of these things, you'll never ride that bike ever again." Yeah. So I that day ordered two new. Uh, I bought a rain for myself and a I don't know a live whatever the female range of the mountain bikes are the e-bikes for my wife, and yeah. so she can come out now and ride two hours, two and a half hours, and have fun. And and again, mate, if people, you know, I've still got a, a really nice carbon uh, giant trance. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just want to ride the e-bike cause I, I, I want to go and have fun on my bike and yep. it's, it's same as dirt bike riding, mate. It's, you know, if, if you had the choice of pushing a 450 around QMP for one lap or riding it, yeah, I think you'd ride it. You'd ride it. for Sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I love the e-bike. I, I still will ride my other bike. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, there's I'm all, a time and place for the
0: other one in there. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, we, we go riding with a uh, – we've had a guy out with us a few times. He's, you know, he's like a whippet and he rides with us on a normal cross-country bike and just yep. – I always go, do you want a rest, mate? He goes, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Mm. He just powers. So I ain't that guy. I'm 100 kilos, mate.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's one of those things like I, I see it as well and a couple of different people I've ridden with. Yeah. And like I've ridden with a few like athletes and I'm like, man, like I'm no, I'm not an athlete. It would be good to have an e-bike to be able to keep up like because if someone's like an athlete, no matter what field it is, their fitness level is just incredible. They'll be able to yes. do nearly the same as an e-bike, some of these people. And, mate, I, 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 I'm going to get one. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're good. They're,
1: they're awesome. Awesome.
0: So mountain biking, when, when, you said 30? Yeah. So 30. Because you went all in on this too, didn't you?
1: Yeah. It's, we're sort of delving into my personality here of how I act and behave. So so what is that? Ah. Uh, We'll, we'll bring that up a, a little bit further down. But basically, I, I, I suffer bipolar yep. and have struggled with that for quite a few years. But yeah, I wouldn't mind touching on that. But we'll just scoot through the mountain biking. Yep. I started mountain bike riding just for fun. Loved it. Loved the dynamic of it. It's cool. It's, you know, you're riding in boardies and shoes and yep. having fun. Moved from Kurma to the Gold Coast and me and a mate of mine started a tour business doing mountain biking. Did you? Yeah. It was called Off the Edge Sports Tours. Yeah. We used to drive a bus to the top of Three Hills at Narang, unload people, go mountain biking. Um, we, we went different paths after about six months. He took the business over and I went back, being a Sparky. But I was out mountain biking one day and there's a group of guys on the top of the hill. And I could see they were all getting ready to go down the old Three Hills downhill track. And I go, I'm not going to sit behind them. I'll get going. So I charged off and these guys chase me to the bottom and they pull me up and they go, what's your story, mate? I go, what do you mean? They were grilling me. I go, I'm just, just riding, mate. They go, you, do you race? I go, no, nah, nah, I'm just, how do you having fun? They go, you should race. I go, what? Okay. yeah, you should race downhill. You should come race. There's a race on this weekend. Wow. So I went, all right, let's go race a mountain bike. <laughs> so I had, a, I had like a $400 mountain bike. Wow. Uh, it was a Diamondback. Sorrento with an RST fork. It was just a pile a sun of shit. Tour or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then with mountain biking, raced uphill on Saturday, cross country Saturday afternoon, and downhill on Sunday, all on the same bike. You just go out and race all, all three things. And I was mean, nuts. This is fun. I'm loving this shit. I then go to the newsagents and buy some mountain bike magazines because I like this racing thing. This was 1996. I remember this well because I picked up a magazine that had World Championships cans, 1996. And I go, oh, that looks good. So I started flicking through and I got kind of like the image of the Husky. I had the image down of this downhill scene and mountain biking and just went, this looks rad. I love yeah. this sport. The guy that talked me into mountain bike racing was coaching a heap of these top-level elite, mountain bikers I rang him and I said mate I'm thinking of racing I want to race what's this race in Cairns and he goes yeah it's the world championships mate you won't get in he goes you know there's five positions for Australian riders He goes, how old are you And I said I'm at that time I was 30 I was 33 yeah and he goes there's a vet class over 30s I can probably get you in with no results based on your because I told him a bit about racing moto yeah he goes Give me your results from motocross. I'll see if I get you in the Australian team. So from being a non-racer in about April, I then was racing the World Championships in Cairns in September that year in in the vet class. (laughs) Now, I went there to race cross country, dual slalom and downhill. Downhill practice was first. I did one run on the downhill track. By now, I've bought a little bit better mountain bike. I bought a dual suspension uh, Cannondale with two inches of travel front and back (laughs) and V-brakes. I did one run of the downhill course and I didn't even get the cross-country bike out of the box and I just fell in love with downhill racing and then that just took off from there, mate. Then it was typical me. It was just all in, downhill racer. Let's go racing downhill and I bought a San Andreas... Um, was it Mountain Cycle San Andreas and then so I got upside down forks and disc yeah. brakes front She's a and, yeah, It's a motocross bike. It's a motocross bike and I you know, went racing in New Zealand and Spain and America and, yeah, just, just out of my own pocket just to go and have fun. Oh,
0: yeah. So,
1: yeah, and I don't even know how I, how I did all that but that, that all happened and got to meet a lot of really cool people. I and, and know a lot of industry people, uh, especially overseas, got to meet a lot of a lot of people there and a lot of the top pro guys here in, in Australia that were racing overseas. Yep. I uh, got to manage a couple of riders
0: with their careers. So how, how mm. <laughs> like you're a Sparky from Cooma yeah. that's done all this stuff. How did you get to manage and like Nathan Rennie for one? Yeah, like, so how, how did na- that happen?
1: So 1998, I go to race the Masters World Championships in yeah. uh, Mont St. Anne, Canada. Nathan is 17, still a junior rider. Um, I've been given a contact at Big Bear with a, a team owner yeah. and I was going over to plug Chris Kovarik mm. who had just beaten Australia's top downhill races in a pair of board shorts, Dunlop volleys and a flannel shirt. Um, Seriously? Yeah. So no, this kid was from Deception Bay and has just beaten guys who are World Cup level riders. So I was at the World Championships, Nathan was there with me. I said to Nathan... I rang Nathan's mum and I said, "If I'm going to stay for two weeks and go to Big Bear. Does Nathan want to come and hang out and just go mountain biking? So now I've got Nathan in tow with me. We finished the Worlds... I think Nathan finished second in the Junior Worlds that year. Um, I went to Big Bear, met this guy that owned uh, Crank Racing, Q-R-A-N-C Racing... And he had a GT downhill team. Mm. And I went into him and I said, I got these two kids from Australia, Chris Kovarik, Nathan Rennie, they're gonna win races here in America. And he goes, mate, big call, big call. I go, trust me, the, all we're after is bikes, accommodation, get them to their races, let them keep their prize money. And he goes, All right, you're on. So we did a handshake deal. I didn't make I, I did it because these guys needed help. Um, yeah, we got him signed up with his team and they packed their bags and went racing mountain biking in America. And their first race at Mammoth Mountain, yep. Chris Kovarik won it. Straight away. Yeah, and I believe that was a World Cup actually and, and won, you know, beat like the best of the best yep. at that time and they both went on to do very well that year. Uh, end of that year, Chris, Chris we signed with Intense Bicycles. Yep. Uh, Chris has been with Intense since then. Um, which is pretty cool. Uh, Nathan went on and did his own thing uh, with Yeti. He was sponsored by Yeti and rode for them for years and yeah. then he looked after himself. I just basically looked after Chris because he, he needed someone to guide him and help him and I was more of this, like, big brother. Um, got to know Jeff that owns Intense pretty well. Yeah. Um, my payback was he'd give me a frame a year, which is was, which was rad. I'd get a brand Intense. new M1 yeah. Intense. Uh, so Chris was with Intense for a few years and then Michael Ronning was out of a deal. Uh, so I rang Jeff and I said, i got Michael Ronning here, mate. He needs – let's get him on a bike. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, we haven't got much budget. And we, we got a figure and went back to Michael and said, well, I can get you this. And he goes, yeah, all right, let's go. So we signed – we got Michael signed with him as well. and
0: That's crazy. It was just, it was
1: just a fun time. Like I, I was just being a friend of these guys and helping out. I, I – I, you know never asked for anything off any any of their sponsors it, it was yeah. it was their deal so but um you yeah, and then once you once i got their foot in the door they were pretty self sufficient yeah michael's a smart guy he looked after yeah. himself from there and you know i just gave moral support if they
0: needed it and, was there much was there much money around the sport at that time?
1: Yeah, the boys will make it, were doing all right. Wait, really, there was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. The years before that, Jeep was the main sponsor, and it had it was on ESPN, so it was yeah. it was a TV sport. Mm. Around that time, though, TV pulled out, so the big sponsors pulled out. But the guys could still make pretty good money. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were making a living for four months' work.
0: Where did you? And I know this is entwined in around mm. the same era. Where did you come across Ben Munro?
1: Ben Munro. So. Ben exited the sport at about the time I came into the sport.
0: Because he was doing that as well, hey? Yeah. So yeah.
1: Ben's extremely modest, has a world championship to his name. Does he? So he is actually Ben Monroe WC. It was a junior world championship. Still a downhill. world championship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, doesn't boast about it, mate. I would be wearing a WC T-shirt every day. <laughs> every day. Um, the crown. Yeah, just mutual friends, mate. Yep. Just just mutual friends. I mean, we, we had... We'd pass each other. You know, G'day Mal, G'day Ben. That that was about our yep. level of our relationship.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, because mm. yeah, I, I knew there was some sort of change of friend. Like the friendship started early two thousand, anyway. So. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And and you know, there was no phone calls. There was no yep. hanging out on weekends. We just knew each other, like like you do in the industry with mountain biking. It's very much like motocross. You, yep. It's a it's a big brotherhood. It's a big family. Everyone knows each other, and if you're not a not a dick,
0: yep. everyone thinks you you're on. all right. Yeah. What were the uh, what were the tracks like at that time? Say a downhill course. Ah, uh, pretty. Like compare it to now. What do what you think? Yeah, thinking?
1: man. I ride out at Mount Joyce a bit. And I went on the modern downhill track out there, yep. and I just went, no, "You guys can have that." Yeah, really? <laughs> you guys can have that shit. Yeah, I walked down some of it. I just went, "I ain't riding down that." Yeah, yeah, it's it's different. The tracks were rideable, like tough, rideable, and fast. Now mm. they yeah they're they're doing some. Big, big ass stuff, and it's the sport lifted. Yep. What they do in Enduro now, in Enduro mountain biking, is probably what we were doing in downhill. Yep. Okay. So, you know, rideable tracks, you're not taking big risks. And these guys now, man, full credit. It, yeah. 100%. It, it, it's, it's a new man
0: sport. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Like, you, you look at the Crankworks events around the world, and yeah. some, some of the tracks that they go into.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, man, when I raced, we did
1: kamikaze. I raced the Kamikaze at Mammoth Mountain. Really? So, have you heard of that one?
0: I have heard of it. Yeah, tell so me about it.
1: It Doesn't run anymore. Fire trail, four thousand meters down to three thousand meters. Top speed, one hundred and twenty k an hour. Oh man! Fire road, <laughs> just pedal and tuck, pedal yeah. and tuck, and just two wheel drift around corners. And it, it was, it was like the iconic. It was like the big wave surfing of mountain yep. biking. That was the event. So, me and a mate went over to that in uh, ninety. 96 or 97
0: yeah what's cool about mountain biking is the the scenery too like the locations <laughs> yeah. that mountain biking is at is yeah. always like um, I've ridden at Park City, Utah Park yes. City is an incredible beautiful beautiful Race city there. Race there. did you? yeah, yeah awesome did. facility yeah um, you look at Mammoth Mountain same thing yeah. yeah one of the most beautiful areas in yeah. the world Spain Switzerland, like yeah. where all the places they go? New Zealand obviously is fantastic.
1: Mountains and oceans, mate. They're, yep. they're the two spectacles on the planet, yep. I, I believe. Pretty and, lucky. Uh, you know, I, I rode, when we went over in 05 to watch the Supercross, we hired some, rented some dirt bikes and went and rode. We rode Paris yep. and uh, some other dodgy track out in the middle, the <laughs> middle of these factories. Yep. And, uh, you know, it was just riding a dirt bike. Yep. It was dirt and it was a track. That was it. Yeah, you know, but mountain biking—you're you, going to these venues, like you it's know. I, I rode to the top of Mammoth Mountain with a big group of guys, and because we went up there, you know, it's four thousand meter elevation. And it's just incredible views. Rode up there on a, on a, on one day, rode back down, get back to the motel, and I'm going. I didn't have a look around, like. Really. I was on top of Mammoth. Yeah. And, and I went back up the next day and, and rode up by myself and later, later on someone said you shouldn't do that because of mountain lions and bears and, you know. <laughs> I had the Australian attitude. I was going yeah. for a ride, mate. I'm going to go up and check it out. Yeah. And, you know, and some people think there's a fireworks moment in their life that, you know, sitting on a rock and looking around off a mountain is a fireworks moment. It's like yeah. this is it. This is...
0: This is the best. This is the best. Yeah.
1: I have a photo of my two... We went over with my daughters. They were eight and five. Mm-hmm. We've got them... St- we got a photo of them standing in the starting box at the top of Mammoth, and it, it's like they won't they they you know may have
0: slight, slight memory, slight memory of it. Yeah,
1: but you know, Snow capped Mountains are just unbelievable.
0: That was that was the same for me in Utah. I just I got up there, and I'm a I'm a photography person. I just yeah. stood there and I'm like, this is this is the yeah. best thing ever. You know, I'm, I'm a moto person, but I love mountain biking as well. And I'm like, this is the best. How yeah. do you how do you beat it? Uh, have a look at the Quicksilver logo. Not many people know it's,
1: it's mountains and ocean. It's, it's a, the triangle is a mountain and there's yeah. a wave which is the ocean and it's like that sums up my life. It's, yep. I love the mountains and I lo- love the ocean. That's what you've chased. Yeah. Especially growing up, I guess, in the mountains. Yeah, and, and you know, motocross is cool but it's, it's, it's usually in a dusty, dirty paddock somewhere. But yep. uh, the sensation of riding a dirt bike is is pretty hard to, hard to beat. That's the
0: best thing. 100%. Yeah. Now, earlier this year, tell me about a story of... Um, Didn't you swap a a push bike or something? Yeah. What happened there? Really quick one, put a bike up for a mountain bike up for sale for 50
1: bucks or a hundred bucks. I get on a Facebook messenger, a guy sends me a photo of a cap, five t-shirts, a pair of slides and a couple of jumpers. He goes, will you trade this for this bike? Yep. And I go, man, like, is this guy just taking the piss? Like, you know, you sell a bike, a guy wants to trade you a a tinny and a Commodore. It's always this, so. I'm showing it around to a group of friends. I'm going to have a go at this joke. And then I I sat back and I go, why would this guy be giving up clothes for Mm. a push bike? So I get home and in my quiet head, I I send him a message and I go, hey, mate, what's the go? Why are you trading clothes for a push bike? And he goes, dude, I'm unemployed. I've got a job, but I need to get to work. And I go, oh, man, like I can't take this guy's clothes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The cap's pretty cool, but I don't want it. So I said... Tell you what, today's your lucky day. I'm going to gift you this bike. Yeah. And he, 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 he texts back and he goes, Dude, I am crying. And I said, Well, meet me. Where can we meet? So we met him at nine o'clock the next morning. Yeah. His name was Darren. Was
0: like, legit? Darren's had
1: a hard life, mate. You can see Darren's going. Yeah. And he got a job at the meatworks in Beanley and had to ride 6Ks to work. Yeah. We gave him the bike. He hugged me, hugged my wife, and did a wheel stand down the street. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just.
0: So he was legit. Dude.
1: Like- like a hundred bucks in my pocket I'll yeah. make this dude smile and then yeah. s- getting messages a month later still can't thank you enough. And like I- I'm tearing up now, mate. Like yeah. it's just it's just cool shit to do. And I just wish other people... I just encourage people to, um, you know, shout someone a coffee. Yeah. Stand beside, behind someone at Starbucks and just go, hey, dude, I'll, I'll get you this coffee or, or pay just something nice. Yeah. The feeling you get is it, just such a good buzz.
0: Yeah, and that... You know, there's a movement now of pay it forward. Yeah, but it's not just that. Yeah, you know, this wasn't a movement. Th- there's this no just, movement. This, this is, is just, just a thing. You know? like, let's
1: help this guy out. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. That was cool. The pay it forward thing is a bit disingenuous. You know, now yeah, it's, it's like a big cliche. thing. But yeah, mate, that's yeah, that that is, and that that is one of the things I said at the start. Like the time I've known you, you are one of the kindest people yeah, cheers, that mate. I know. The um. Now you touched on a bike that you just had before as well yes. uh your brother had this xl175 175.
1: xl175 175.
0: now is that why you bought this one is there a bit of homage to, to okay. the older brother or anything
1: quickly on this story your interview with andrew wells yeah andrew is organizing a ride up the cape i listen mm-hmm. to your podcast and i go i'm in so i got in touch with andrew and he goes yeah look there's a few guys that want that want to go but no one's pulled the trigger mm. Ten minutes later, I text him back and I go, how's this Honda XL175 pulling the trigger? <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean? I go, I'm buying it. So I bought the bike. I bought this XL175. It's what my brother had in whatever year. And it's what I've got now. And the plan is yep. we're riding with Andrew. Uh, it's Andrew's initiative through the Adventure Garage. And yeah. We're going to ride a group of inappropriate bikes from Cairns to the Cape and back and just have a pissball fun time. And we're hoping to get you there to video it.
0: Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be. Yeah, uh, I spoke to Andrew last week. I'm about to do some film stuff for him. Cool. <laughs> as soon as the border opens up again, I've set the bar very low. Actually, one seven five. It's quite low. <laughs> I so. want to. I'd like to ride it, mate. It'd be, yeah, would it'd it'd be, be an fun. adventure and a half too. So
1: it's it's uh it's like a smelly dog. It's outside the garage at the moment because it's got a slight fuel leak. So it, oh, can't, is it? it? yeah, it's sitting outside, chained to a pole. Oh so. really?
0: <laughs> yeah. It looks but pretty yeah. tidy in the pics. Is it tidy or not? It's, it's pretty tight. It's
1: been built out of three bikes. It was an XL175 enthusiast. The, yep. th- just This enthusiast had no idea of what a bike Renault is. He thinks a can of silver spray paint fixes everything. So. <laughs> 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 but um, he did put a new piston and rings in it. Everything's genuine. It's got genuine XL handlebars. Yep. So I'm running it as it is. I had all these v- visions of long-range tank. Yep. And I've just gone, it's 140 Ks between fuel stops. Uh, XL will do 240. So I'm good. I can run the stock tank. Yeah. And I think the whole the whole idea of what Andrew wants to do is have conversation pieces at every campsite we're at. So an XL175 is going to draw a crowd.
0: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that, that's, that's the compensate. idea behind
1: that. Well, yeah, can't wait to do it. And yeah, yeah. Kudos to Andrew for coming up with the idea, and I just can't wait to uh, jump on board.
0: For sure, mate. It'll be good. Yeah, you you get a good couple of couple of friends together. That's going to be a great trip. Yeah, it'll be fun. I believe there's a bit of a WhatsApp group floating around with it now. Yes, there's a
1: yeah. Bike photos being shared, and yeah. So at this stage, there's me plus two. Yeah. uh, On my side, and I think there's Andrew plus one. But we'll probably try and cap it at about ten.
0: That's it. Yeah, Yeah, it's
1: next June or July, depending on border openings, etc. But. You know, we'll make it happen.
0: The uh, what's the rules for it? Wasn't there? That I think Andrew said to me, "There's a figure, yeah, and, and then th- there's I, a spare I, parts figure I, or something." Yeah, I, th-
1: I think he set the figure a bit high, three grand. So I paid two and a half for the XL, hey, and I th- feel I got ripped. But <laughs> two and a half for that, and you got a five hundred dollar spend budget. Yeah. So thanks to my good friends at uh, MX Store, I'm two tires, grips, tubes. A uh, couple of little bits and pieces, 240 bucks in, so mm-hmm. I've still got 260
0: to go. Yep. So Nice. Yeah. I've, uh, have you ridden it yet?
1: Uh, I rode it. We live in a rural estate with a bush block up the yep. back. Rode up there and it conked out. But um, I think it was just a, f- a float issue. So, okay. But, yeah, it'll be good. What was Should it like to ride? ride? Is it uh, turning back yeah, to on? Yeah, it's, it's pretty – it's fun, man. It's Yeah. yeah it's going to be – I, I was going to put different bars on, but the bars are just on any Sunday. They're just yeah. – they're just straight out of one any Sunday. So they've got to stay. You've um, mentioned
0: that twice now, that movie. I watched yeah. I watched it once this week. Yeah. L- Life-changing. Life Again, like I watched it a lot. But yeah. yeah, Monday night, I got home from Egg and Spooning, as Ferg from here called it, around the flat track on Saturday. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to watch how they used to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's such a movie. What hey? a cool...
1: F- and how they used to race all disciplines to yep. be AMA champion.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. ride, It was so. incredible. Yeah. Now, mm. was this a male... All in moment. So, what what happens there? Yeah, pretty much. Yep. It,
1: it's, it's, uh, yeah, you yep. said it. It's all in. All in. All in. And, and, and it surprised the shit out of Andrew because I think his conceptual idea to, <laughs> hey, let's, let's maybe make this happen to, yep, this, this idiot's just bought a bike. We're in. Yep. And that, that started the fire. And now what's happened, there's rivalry with another guy. He's, he's pissed that he didn't buy the first bike. So, oh, so it's good. It's, it's lit the fire. Yep. It's, and, and, and that's, that's what we wanted. Awesome. And, you know, I know it'll sit outside of my shed for six months, but I don't give a shit. It'll it'll be there and I'll ride it and I might go yep. do some Ventura on it, which yeah, would be cool. fun. Yep. Um yeah. Ride it to Kanunga and have coffee.
0: Park oh, it's, it, registr- it's registered. registered. Yeah. Of
1: course it is. Yeah, yeah, I'll go park it amongst all the Harleys and that'll yep. be that'll be sick. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, six before, foot, six before, foot you buy,
0: <laughs> before you buy your new one here. <laughs> yeah, I
1: yeah. I I I've earmarked one downstairs. So, yeah, cool.
0: Yeah. Awesome.
1: <laughs> now, you're a non drinker. Non drinker. How long? Uh, 2003, the year I was turning forty. Uh, just one New Year's Eve, I I was on pain medication for a bung knee. Yeah, was with a, we were on Burley Hill. Yeah, New Year's Eve, and there was a friend of ours drinking non-alcoholic champagne. I went, that's cool. I'd, I'd never heard of yep. this, and I couldn't drink, so I shared th- this with with her, and um, I just went right. New Year's res, New Year's res, two weeks, I'm gonna go two weeks without drinking, and. Mm. And then I went two weeks, and I went, yeah, I'm just gonna go for a month. And you know, I felt good. And then I went, you know what? I'm gonna go three months. And then three months I was done. I was just like, oh, I'm not a drinker now. So yeah. I, just, I just, for no other reason, it just didn't work for me. I wasn't a good drinker. Yeah. I was a binge drinker and smashed the shit out of myself. So for me, it was just doesn't work for me. Yeah. And, and without it to have constant clarity of mind, yeah. No feeling of concussion. Like that that's what I just do not miss is to me being concussed is like waking up, hungover over, and, yeah. and that's a shit feeling. So I just uh yeah, flicked it out of my life and I don't give a shit if people drink. My wife likes wine with dinner yeah. and you know, that's uh yeah, it's just me. I don't smoke, yeah. I don't do drugs, I don't drink. Yep. It's pretty simple.
0: It's pretty yeah, pretty yeah. clean cut. Yeah. Do you do you take uh, any meds for bipolar? Good question. I I had
1: for 10 years Mm. Um, there's a good Seth Rogen joke about that he he does a job interview Mm. and he goes I'm happy to say I'm six months medication free and you know but it was his choice but uh, it's it's literally six months I have been medication free yeah Um, yeah and it's just something I monitor I wasn't liking the continual feeling of vagueness that I had with the medication I was getting a bit of double vision so yep. I just weaned off it and monitored it and you know a lot of my depressive moments were circumstantial mm-hmm. so I sort of believe in removing those circumstances and the good side of me is usually pretty good and just uh, but unfortunately it does make me buy XL 175 in 10 minutes 500 Huskies. 500 Huskies in, you know, one day. And, but, you know, fortunately enough with my work, I, you know, we're, we're not rolling in cash, but fortunately enough, I can do, do a couple of little yep. indulgences. So yeah,
0: Yep, that's all part of it. Yeah. And, and you, you try and do other things for, for the mental health side of things and that as well, eh?
1: Hey? Yeah, riding motorcycles. Yeah, that's r- it. R- riding dirt bikes and, and having people around me and putting out a good vibe. and, and Good people. Yeah, just good, good people. Exactly, man, just good yep. people. And, you know, the people in our sport, it, it, it's just it's a it's a family it, it, it's pretty cliche everyone says that but it, it, it bloody it is
0: yep. it bloody is so one yeah. of the cool things I, I like seeing about you guys and I see it online is it's Diana isn't it yes going out riding and that together on the mountain bikes yeah that's it that must be a um, that must be a good thing for you hey
1: yeah and she's been my you know pit tootsie since you know 1980 She's she was been, there at the start. Yeah, she has been with me since I started racing, and she didn't actually like off road racing that much because she doesn't get to see me. Yeah, you know, it's not. Uh, she's more worried about me being out in the trees. It's forty years, mate. Yeah, yeah, we've been we've been married thirty six years this year, so wow. yeah, deep, decent hole.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. So she was there in nineteen eighty, eh? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Did you ever Did Good you girl. ever go on the road the road uh, road side of things?
1: Uh, I've. I played on road bikes. I had a Honda Hornet. Oh yeah. Uh, but a mate of mine was a professional road stunt man, uh, road road yeah. bike stunt guy, and used to go past me, wheel standing, sitting on the handlebars. Yeah. And I just went, yeah. I, I, it just spooked me a bit. So I got into a cruisers. I bought a, I've had a you know Vulcan and a Boulevard, and I've also had a V Strom. But. Uh, yeah i'd I'd like one of those harleys downstairs i think that's going to be on the shopping list for sure yeah cool but you know whether i can get one in a year or something i'll just set a goal and try and get one but yeah awesome i I think the cruiser thing would suit me because you're restricting your speed Mm. yeah you you can't go diving in the corners whereas anything that's got a good bit of speed i feel like i want to go fast but on the cruiser i feel pretty safe and
0: yeah, makes sense. Mm. The I, I I rode the um I rode one of the baggers the other week actually I rode it up to McCoy's Cafe up at Kuya, and like man, that's unreal. right yeah. like, that was the first bagger I think I may have ridden. But yeah, it's so yeah, so good for the street. Yeah, and know? I
1: loves sitting on the back and going for rides and, yep. you know, up Mount Tambo and. Yeah.
0: Well, Years are the ultimate couple. We all that sort of stuff. You know, you do so much together, eh?
1: Yeah, there there is a little bit of a thing about you know how. The success of good marriages s- yep. stay the stay the fuck away from each other.
0: <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> that's uh, an American comedian's line, but it's you, you know, you just got to give yourself a little bit of space and yep. and yeah, just enjoy the things you do do together and yep. yeah, it, it, it works.
0: Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Now we made it right for Luca. Right for Luca. Yeah. Hey, how good's he going? Hey,
1: man, it, it's just good to see as a kid. Yeah. And you can just follow him and his family on Instagram, and just go, you know, we, yourself included. We all had a part of that, and mm. it was such a such a great journey to be mm. on, with with a fantastic outcome that that could have gone. It was a coin flip.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it really was. And you see, you know, such humble, beautiful people yeah. to get a result like that in the end yeah. um, is the best thing you can have. Yeah. So was that a good thing for you? Like you did, you did a lot, a lot behind the scenes with that.
1: Yeah, so look, I only just started to follow Luca. He only had an Instagram page about a week or two before he got sick. Yeah, and I was showing my wife, and I am like, "This, this is Ben's little boy, Luca. He's such a cool rad kid. You know, hang ten on a skateboard and surfer." And and then a week later, there's a, there's Ben with Luca in the child in the children's hospital. Yep it getting an mri and i'm just sending ben a message going what, what's up here dude And he goes yeah i'll tell you tomorrow I'll tell you tomorrow And mm. anyway that's when they got the diagnosis of luca being sick i felt i just wanted to do something i yeah. didn't know what so the next day i was racing sunny state um queensland thought i'll just get some jerseys if i can and get some autographs and give it to this kid to make him smile that was literally the start of ride for luca we, we put on this board hashtag ride for luca yeah. monday i had Gavin Eels helped me out. We got stickers made, they designed them. We got, and we started this fundraiser through one of Ben's friends in Byron Bay, Ilky. She, she formed the GoFundMe, yep. brought everything together. Um, and then, you know, I, I was sitting there going, you know, this, this kid's sick. What happens if this kid gets sicker and we're now, we're invested, like we're mm-hmm. emotionally invested in this, but it, it's like, well, i I'm committed. I'm in. committed, so I'm in. So, I started s- spreading it on Facebook and Instagram, and just said, "Get behind this kid. Yeah. You know, here's the GoFundMe. Let's support this family. Let's, you know, Luca's mum went to hospital when he was diagnosed sick from Lennox Head. Never went home for nine months. That they still had boxes that of a house they were moving into that she never unpacked. She so she didn't go back to work. This family needed support, and it's like, well, you know, let, let's do something." Yeah. Let's do something. And, and I just went, I'm going to draw on the motorcycle community and let's
0: let this kid's a little moto
1: nut. Let's, yeah. let's get behind it and back it.
0: And that's where, when you say it is a family, the moto thing, that's where it really shines Surprise through. Surprised the shit out of me, mate. Yeah. Like I, I was borderline embarrassed
1: starting thinking, if this only raises 50 bucks, it's just, you know, I'm going to feel terrible. Yeah. And on the Monday we raised, you know, a thousand bucks and I, I cried. I just mm. went, this is going to get traction. And then we had, you know, a couple of thousand shares on Facebook. We raised over $150,000. Uh, ben donated money back to the Children's Cancer Foundation. We did the, which you, you, you filmed with, yep. we had... Uh, Went to Starlight. Yeah, Starlight with Jay Wilson jumped on board. And Jay was one of the first riders who signed our board. back oh, at, the, at the very first day.
0: Yeah.
1: And Mike Ward, Yamaha uh, manager, rang us the next day and said, uh, Jay's in, if, if there's anything you want. Let us know. So six months later, yeah. um, Jay was obviously hands up to come and do the hospital visit.
0: He's kind hearted. Like I spoke to him after that event, and yeah. he's like, "Mate, if you yeah anything, anything that the family needs, or if you hear of anything, yeah. just be, I'll be there." Yeah, and it's awesome cool. And, and I see Jay now
1: at a QMP training, and I oh, always going to say good day. And he's just such an obliging yeah. fellow. And yeah, for full. full uh, you know, thanks to him and to you know, Justin, Justin Brayton, Brayton coming yeah. out was just, just amazing. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was cool. And now it's just life is normal for, for Luca. You know, gets his checkups and he's he's good and riding bikes and surfing and fishing. And it's just so rad now to be a spectator.
0: Yeah, to sit to sit back and see the journey, um, how it's unfolded now is awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I speak to Ben, I'll oh, probably once every couple of weeks, and yep. um, you know, yeah, it's just the. Yeah, to have been part of that, to see Transmoto, for example, jump on yep. board. Transmodo cop a lot of shit about being taking the money. You know, they take money off. To, they pr- do an amazing event, but there's yep. a bit of a vibe about, oh, it's expensive. I mean, they donated, you know, there was $9,000 raised at that Transmodo yep. at Conondale that you were at. Um, they d- gifted the entries to seven teams of riders, yep. which is how I met, um, you know, a lot of Lucas, Friends from the Byron Bay area, and yep. you, you know, it's uh, yeah. Andrew, Andrew was one part of the team of that. Andrew Wells, and that's, that's how right. I got to meet him. And yeah, it's just so rad, mate. And and yeah, we, they, great support. It was yeah. You, like, you just want to do that full time.
0: Oh, if if you could, yeah, it'd be yeah.
1: it'd be exhausting at the same time because it is it is a mental strain. When it's over, it's like a, you know. Actually, f- funny thing, I, I think it could have been the day. Maybe you were at the hospital yeah. and Ben had to go in and wait for... No, it was a different day. W- went in, it was Luca's final clearance. Mm. So Did you ring the bell? Yeah, so we, we went in for that and we sat out in the waiting room with Usa, Luca's mother, um, Larita, his sister, and Luca and Ben went in and then Ben came out and just went like this after an hour <sighs> and oh, I lost my shit. Yeah. I ran down a corridor and just, yeah, like just bawled my eyes yeah. out, mate, just thinking, wow, and then, then I come back, so I'm going, right, I'm good, I'm cool. Yeah. And I come back and Usa hugged me and just said, thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Yeah.
1: And just broke my heart, you know? So then we went out and did the ringing of the cancer bell and it was a good yep. vibe. And But then, you know, you're watching the next family roll in. Yeah. And and you, you spent a day there with us and you saw it and it's just, man, like people that sit out and bitch about how tough, their life is, and yeah, yeah. Get a grip.
0: Yeah, get off the sideline. See, yeah. see the real stuff. You know.
1: Yeah. So you know, from that, I mean, I, I've adjusted my life a little bit. Where I, I tend to, I have a reputation for not giving a shit, and I just give a shit a lot less. <laughs> it's, you know, because it's like, man, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's really? no point getting hung up on stuff. That yeah. there's just no point.
1: Yeah, and that that kid Luca, like his life's going to go on and you know i think yeah. i've said to you before i just love to be at his 21st and yeah. for him to go who's that guy yeah <laughs> and, and then ben go yeah well you know mal sort of like yeah. yeah it'd be
0: that'd be fun but because seeing him um i got to see him ride we filmed the ending yes for riding his hair grown back yeah you know mum and dad are there and like yeah that was it's yeah one what my short filming sort of thing yeah by far that's the watched it last night I I showed a family friend last night yeah Yeah. that was you know while I was editing at certain parts (laughs) I was like oh man this is hard like listen to you know yourself talk for the interviews and um, Tony Ben's mate Tony um,
1: yeah Yeah. Ben Carso and I rode together Tony Yeah.
0: Tony Carson. Tony Carson. yeah listen to him talk and he's going through he was going through his own things Yeah. and uh, you're in it You've got headphones on. You're editing all this stuff up of all this very emotional stuff. It's it's, yeah, it was a very touching thing to do. Yeah, and it's good to great. Oh, fantastic to be a part of. You know, yeah, so.
1: yeah. I mean, that's that's literally where you and I met. Yep. Was uh, a guy called Mick's going to be there. He's going to do some fil-
0: film of you. And I go, all right, cool. Who is he? So, yeah. it turns out once you got there, half the crew were people that hung around. There's a young fella down in Ballina, oh, so So that's okay. Pretty cool. So yeah, most of those. No, it, was, guys. it was
1: good, man. It was it was good to be part of. Yep. And I encourage. What what I'm proud of the most, it was, yeah, one of my crazy little ideas, yep. but it, it took off and got traction and, and worked amazingly well. And, you know, it was it, it never once was it about me. No. Uh, actually, one of the coolest things, I was at an off-road race and I had a Ride for Lucas sticker on my bike mm. and a chick come up to me, this young girl that was riding, she goes, oh, I've been following that kid on Instagram. Yeah, And I went, oh, it's so good. That's Just so out good. of the blue. Out of the blue. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And, and to me that was like yeah there you go it's not about it's not about me whatsoever because yep. you know uh, i may get accused occasionally of having a bit of a powerful ego but it, it's not you know it's just um yeah that that was all about helping this family and but you know, you got to put yourself out there to do that as well and and we did that and it was good to see so many people come together
0: 100 percent. it was fantastic yep. well mate i think this is a pr- pretty good time to uh to wind things up as ever, we've yeah, we've all cool. gone on for an hour and Part probably one, hour though. thirty-five. Oh, at least you know, like we could talk. We could literally talk for hours. You've got so much history there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in, and uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you because you're always you are always a positive person and yeah, always cheers. just around the sport that I love. So it's yeah, good.
1: cool. Can, can I bring something up with you as well?
0: Depends on what it is. Okay. <laughs> so.
1: With my work, I travel out west a lot. Yep. So I've got about a six hour drive out, six hour back.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect
1: timing for two podcasts. Yeah. So I have my regular podcasts mm-hmm. I listen to. Mm-hmm. So knowing, knowing you, knowing your personality, I'll, mm-hmm. work, I'll give Mix podcasts a bit of a crack. Mm-hmm. So, man, I've never listened to anything where it's not about the interviewer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I just love it. I love it the fact that your ego is not involved in these interviews. Thanks. And it just makes it such a pleasurable listen. Whereas a lot of other podcasts, and I'm sure you're aware of the ones I'd be, um, you know, there's some American ones and other Aussie ones and it's more about the person and, and the, the interviewee is almost yeah. second second rate. But this is, you make it about the, the interviewee and yeah. I think you just do an amazing job and I just wish you the best of luck with it, mate. And... Um, yeah maybe when I buy a Harley here you get a little bit of commission on it would be fantastic
0: so <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't nah, it's it's very humbling thank you mate yeah that's uh, no, it I don't need the yeah I, I don't um yeah, compliments are hard to deal with. Yeah. You know that as well. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No, so, but thank you so much. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll leave it. I enjoy that
1: there. it. I enjoy it. I've listened to about six of your podcasts and Fantastic. Uh,
0: what, what have you up to 12 now? 13? This this will be 15. Uh 15. this will be 16 today. This yeah. will be my 16th one recorded. Awesome. And uh this will come out uh in probably three weeks. I've got a few in the bank yeah. now. Cool. Which is nice. It's nice to have a couple tucked away. Yeah. So yeah, awesome. once again, thanks, mate, and no uh take care of yourself and your yeah, lovely wife. See you, mate. No worries, cheers.